People don't want to worry, but they do. Do you? Mm -hmm. I'm not looking for everybody to raise their hand and dance or anything like that, no. Yeah, we do. In fact, it's kind of interesting what we worry about. I'm going to get to that in just a moment, but I want to start by looking at what people say success is. According to a Gallup poll not that long ago, there are some things that happen that bring in what is a success. They gave them 20 or 30 options, and these are the ones that came in first. Good health is success. <laughs> Sometimes you can't even control that, can you? 58%. An enjoyable job, 49%. You can probably control that a little bit more. Happy family, 45%. Good education, 39%. Peace of mind, 34%. Good friends, 25%. And then things like unlimited money, a luxury car, expensive home, all those brought up the rear. But I find it interesting that peace of mind would be on this list. You know, something that God has already promised for us who believe, who follow. The Prince of Peace will come. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. You remember that it is Jesus who brings peace and goodwill to men on earth. And what an incredible gift that Jesus gives as he rides on a donkey, not a war horse, because, you know, it isn't just human beings that highly prize peace. God does too. So today, we're going to look at the king of peace. We're going to talk about how that registers on our human hearts because our world is in a great deal of turmoil. As I thought back over the last couple of years with eruptions of trouble and violence in America, of all the, the wild stuff that happens on our digital media, the nasty words, the political divides, the things that everybody is pointing at each other for racism, and then it's war all over again in Ukraine. So you begin to wonder, is there ever going to be peace? And my answer is, there already was. There is. In Christ, peace is a gift. So as Advent begins, we come to grab onto that gift and hear Jesus say, peace I give you, not as anyone else, not as the world gives, but I give to you a special kind of I was told that this gets bent around all over the place. I just bent it, sorry. <laughs> Let his peace transcend your person. Peace with one another. Peace within. Peace with God. Peace with one another. Now, there's something that happened at the beginning of this chapter that I thought I'd include so that you could set up the context of rejoice, rejoice again. I say the Lord is near. Because if you know the Lord is near, you always have peace within. But there was something that kind of caused a gasp in the Christian congregation. It was Yodia and Syntyche, they didn't agree together. 
So there was a little bit of a war going on in one of the congregations, and Paul directly uh, says, I plead with Yodi and I plead with Syntyche to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, to help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, I mean, you know, people are convinced in today's society that if you don't gripe and complain and push, you won't get your way. It's just become a way of habit, and it's, it's, it doesn't always look so good. It looks a little bit sometimes like a toddler getting away throwing a temper tantrum. And the bigger the person, the more powerful they are, the less that it is appealing. Well, Yodi and Syntyche were trying to stand their ground, and maybe among these two co committed Christians, there were just were simply two different ways of doing things. So we always agree in the church, don't we? Right? Everything. We're just like those Chip and Dale. Oh, after you? After you? After you? You remember that? <laughs> I wish we were that kind. But what do we do with the diversity? You know, when it comes time for a financial decision in the church, there can be really polar opposites. One will say, let's go borrow the money and let's get to business. The other will say, let's not do anything until we have all the money in the bank. You've heard that before. Uh, maybe it's missions. Yet we should get going on this. We have to do this mission work. And the others, uh, maybe another camp will hold back a little bit and say, I'm not so sure that that will be the best because we'll lose sight of some of the things that are most important to us in our Christian family. How do you disagree without hurting one another? Well, the Apostle Paul has some really interesting uh, encouragement there. You know, he is a peacemaker like we could be. First of all, he doesn't take sides. He doesn't say Yodi is right, Syntyche is wrong. Did you catch that? Then secondly, he uh, actually uh, says that uh, you need to get along and talk to each other as far as it is possible as far as it depends on you, live in peace with everyone, he said in Romans chapter 12. So he appoints a third party to help out. And, and that sometimes is necessary. Let's, let's try to preserve the unity so much so that we can enhance the mission of the congregation. Now, I will say it's not one or the other. You don't always go for unity at all costs. You don't always go for action at all costs. You have to blend them together. And love that never fails comes out in that position of knowing when it works. Peace within. Then he goes on here and he says that uh, we should pledge to one another and, and to God that we do not allow ourselves to be used as pawns in the weaponry of Satan. And that usually starts within the heart, but the way it affects the church and the way it affects families is that I've done a lot of counseling, been in ministry for 40 years. I've seen some hurt that you can't imagine. And most of the time, it happens because we forget who our enemy is. It isn't our spouse. It isn't our brother or sister. Well, maybe it is. I mean, it's, 
sometimes you just have to work it out. But, but really, isn't it Satan? Isn't it that he wants to divide? And he starts inside our hearts when we lose shalom. Do you remember that the Hebrew word used by Jesus when he would come back into a group of people was shalom? Peace be with you. What a powerful thing we'll learn about shortly. Know that the Lord is near. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Did you come carrying a heavy burden today? Was your burden maybe uh, something that you can't control? Finances? Maybe you can a little bit, but it's been a hard one. Or health? Did you bring a, a gash in a relationship? Like a fight at home over the last few days. Well, we just went through Thanksgiving. We should be so thankful. But sometimes those are hard events, aren't they? You get a group of people together and they don't always see eye to eye, do they? Oh, what burden are we carrying this morning? Here's Paul's burden. When he wrote these words, he was in prison facing trial, soon to be executed. Try that on for a little bit of trauma. And someone has observed that worry is the Christian's most popular sin because, in a way, we don't even try to disguise it. Perhaps we're not even ashamed of it sometimes. And, you know, the real problem is that we we need to have humility and come back to God and say, God, you are my God. Lord Jesus, you are my king. I will follow you into Jerusalem. I will praise you, Hosanna to the Son of David. In Ephesians 3, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. What he is saying is that peace is the change from within the heart. And it is how you begin to express thankfulness through all circumstances. Not something you put on, not the smiley face because you think you should, but deep down in the heart. And I am talking about something that's quite different because we can maybe fake the people around us, but we can't fake God. And so in that sense, he will say here, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Do you remember that? How he talked about Solomon's clothing? And he said, but seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Peace within is the righteousness that comes by faith in Christ. It's clearly taught from this pulpit. I know it is. I've known Mike for quite a few years, and I know that he wants more than anything for you to step across into the uh, presence of Jesus, the King, and to hear him say, I know you. <laughs> and there's only one way that he knows us, and that's by true confidence and faith in his life and his death. You know, someone has said that worrying assumes responsibility that God never intended for us to have. 
In First uh, Peter, it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God has it already in control. Can you give him that? And he says, there is a peace that transcends all understanding that comes by faith. Here it is. The shalom is this concept of wholeness. That you are so filled up with that relationship with God that you don't need more. And that takes, that takes some stepping out of yourself and looking at your life and what you desire and what you have and your thankfulness for what you have. Shalom is wholeness. There's another uh, Hebrew word called shalva, and that particular word could be uh, summarized by the word relax. It would be like um, if you had a band of... Uh, Soldiers coming at you with guns and knives and I don't know what they're shooting, but they're shooting something that will destroy you and you stand there calmly. About the only thing I can think of is the way when you have superpowers and some of the, the fantastic stories we can see on film now is you're not afraid because you know you're going to win. Can you imagine facing cancer with that kind of confidence? Can you imagine, no matter what you're worrying about, that you relax and say, but God has it in control already. And the eight filters that he uses here remind us to think about, put in not garbage, but good things. Whatever's true, noble, right, uh, pure, lovely, and admirable. Those are the uh, six things. And then he goes on, he says, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And then in John 16, he'll say, I have told you these things so that you will be with me and that you will have peace. In this world, you'll have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I want to close by just um, talking about breathing in and breathing out Jesus. As we enter Advent, you watch the crowd react to him. They were excited because they saw a completely different kind of government. You and I already live in that government. Jesus is our king. We breathe in his grace. That's what Sundays are about. That's what Bible studies about. That's what happens when you open your Bible or you read a book. If you want to dig in deeper, I've got a book by Ken Kramer happen to know him personally, he used to be his pastor, A Heart at Peace from NPH. He talks about how to deal with conflict, and he gives a ton of peace strategies, even for children. And I hope that uh, as you do so, you recognize what Luther said, oh, if only I could pray the way this dog watches the meat. All his thoughts are concentrated on the piece of meat. Otherwise, he has no thought or wish or hope. Have you ever watched a dog get ready for dinner? Can you imagine praying like that? Can you imagine being confident like that? Where's the worry? Gone, because you're just anticipating what he can bring. And then finally, he himself is our peace. Max Lucado put it this way. The betrayed sought his betrayers, and what he did is that he said to them, not what a bunch of flops you are, but my peace I give you. 
He said, shalom. The very thing they didn't have was the very thing that he offered, peace. And he's here as Advent begins to give you that. That's to give you himself, a king of peace. Amen.